Hey friends, this is Holly Bame Lytle, and you're listening to Isaac's Autism in the Wild podcast, where we focus on topics related to raising loved ones touched by autism and its impact on relationships and family. I'll be sharing some of my personal parenting experiences, raising my son Isaac, who passed away in 2007, as well as an entirely different parenting experience as I now raise my son Caleb, who never ceases to blow my mind with his beautiful autism perspectives. So grab a drink and join me as I interview this week's panel of exceptional autism parents. All right, we have a very special guest today, and I'm very excited about this for Isaac's Autism Wild podcast. I have Clara joining me, and the significance, um, we met, actually, I was doing a training for the Spokane Public Library, um, because you guys are now onboarding and doing more in terms of sensory-friendly story times, which, so I was there just talking about some strategies and um, things that would be beneficial to think about and then you were in the back kind of giggling at certain things and so it's always fun because I'm like oh she must have a connection. I was also getting a little depressed. I know. <laughs> like what they have all of this now? I see and that's what we're going to talk about. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about your daughter Sophie. So okay. she is 24. 24 now. 24. Mm-hmm. So explain how you know, because now it's very purposefully screened for at yes. certain, like, well-child visits. So how did your, because you explained that right. she's um, your fifth child. She's my fifth child. She so, was born in 1995. Okay. And you'd think that's not that long ago. But they have made like such strides in screening autism um, when, well, there was no screening for her. And it was purely the fact that she was my fifth child and... I noticed right off when she was a baby um, that she didn't sleep well and she wanted her clothes off and she got heated, overheated too easily. And um, so I just, and then she also, whenever we went anywhere, she cried all the time. We went one time to uh, Wenatchee for Thanksgiving and I think she was eight months old, maybe whatever. Yeah. And um, she cried the entire time we were there. I, I'm not exaggerating. I had We had to come home early. So we were there about a day and a half. And she was out of her element. Um, cried, cried. I thought she had an ear infection. We brought she her home. I took her, yes, took her to the doctor. No, no ear infection. And, and she stopped when we got home to our house. So that was probably the oldest memory of I thinking, what is going on here? Because she's the fifth child. I thought this, I've never dealt with this before. I mean, they're all a little strange and a little weird. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, every kid but is you different. don't write. Yeah. 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 They're so, all unique in their own way. So life. you just, um, oh, well, she just doesn't like heat or whatever. And so, um, but then her not sleeping started and she started taking her clothes off and her diaper all the time. Wouldn't, and I just figured that was okay too. It wasn't a big deal. It was summer. And so, um, but then we started having lots of tantrums and the child would not wear clothes. Um, the diaper was really hard to keep on her. I had to get like long foot pajamas and because she would just get out of them. And, and in fact, when she was 10 months old, she got out of her car seat. They weren't as built as well as they are now, but she could get herself out of there because she did not want to be restrained in any way. Um, so she, I did take her to the pediatrician and asked them at the time, he just said, well, she just must not like it. What he suggested was that I put her in the bedroom in the car seat for half an hour to get her used to it oh, and let really? her sit there. And I said, I cannot listen to her scream. No. I, and there's, I don't, she wasn't throwing a fit. Something was bothering her, and I could tell. And yeah. so... Um, so it was different between the tantrum cry and that... Oh, definitely. The tantrum is just kind of not crying because you're hurt, but just because you're mad. Yeah. Um, the other cry is more of a something is bothering me. Can't you fix it? Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain that, but I oh, think totally. moms know the difference. Oh, yeah. You in can that. tell the difference in the cry for sure. So I think fast forward. I, so we've lived like this for about two and a half years and um, they just didn't know what was going on. And, and so just out of the blue, I worked part time at Barnes and Noble and I think she was about two and a half. And I 
was shelving some books, and I found the book, The Out-of-Sync Child. Um, Carol Stock. Oh, oh, yeah, she yes. is amazing. You walked in with that book, and I was like, that was my Bible well, in the early years. It, it was. That's yeah. exactly what I, I told Sophie, because she had had it. She was reading it recently, and I said, where's that book? And she said, oh, it's in my room. So so I said, well, I, I, I need to borrow that back for a minute. But um, she was... So I found this book and I started reading it and I kept going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's Sophie. She couldn't stand anything touching her. She would never wear shoes. The shoes was a big issue and on into um, special ed preschool, what she did. But another thing that I still didn't know what to do about this. You know, I just kept saying, wow, this is her, this is her. Well, then we, in the spring, so she probably just turned three, we had gone over to see some friends in Federal Way to go to a Mariners game, and they have a hundred, they got eight kids, I think, and so we were just five more, that's how their house is, and so my friend, the Dawn, she was teaching at um, a special ed preschool in Federal Way, and I, I has, was talking to her about Dawn. I don't know what to do about this. She does this. She doesn't want, I said, watch, she's not going to sleep tonight. She's going to cry all night. She's just not used to any change is awful for her. And so Dawn, Dawn watched her over the weekend. God bless her. She just, well, and Lynn, they were used to having kids around and it didn't bother them. And she said, Clara, I think I know what's wrong with her. Um, and so she told me that, that to take her back and have her evaluated by the school district to put her in, see if they, she goes to special, could get in special ed. Um, and I said, well, I don't even know where to start. So I came back and I started calling around. Um, and I do not know why I called Gonzaga. They had a behavioral health program there. Someone, I can't remember who told me to call them. I called them. Um, I got in touch with, uh, Dr. Howard Ashby, who oh, since yeah. retired yes, Dr. and Ashby. he called me back and talked to me on the phone for about an hour and a half, oh, just really? talked to me on the phone. And I, and he knew exactly, um, what he was just focusing on. I was the sensory part of her being on the spectrum. And so then we went, he, how did, I can't remember how I got, Yes. He suggested a nurse, well, she was a therapist who had been a psychiatric health nurse um, and got her master's in counseling, social, yeah, no, counseling, and I can't remember her name right now, Sam, it was Samantha. We went, and unfortunately, she had to move to take care of her mom in Colorado because I loved her, but mm -hmm. as soon as I went there and I actually made my ex-husband with me because he didn't think anything was, was odd about this behavior um but she knew right away she said okay what we're going to do is we're going to have her screened for any neurological issues first and then you talk to dr ashby so we'll get you in there um and so that started our journey of uh oh and then i i connect with the school district and got her in ot and pt they put her in a special ed program and that was for preschool it was preschool was she sunset time? she was three. Oh, okay. so she had just turned three so she started the following september okay and they started then i got connected with um st luke's rehab so we went and we did ot and pt there and um they gave me things to do with her at home um, how was her language development was it pretty her language development was okay they didn't really mark her down, but she was still three, and so she wasn't talking a lot. But but it wasn't obvious that she didn't talk that a lot wasn't the red to flag. me. No, the red flag was, was the sensory, sensory issues. Pieces. Oh my goodness, the kid did not wear clothes. Mm -hmm. I could not. It was, <laughs> yeah. Um, I even had when she was at the preschool, there was a mom because she the only shoes I could get her to wear were slip-ons, um, like little slip-on. Um, they had a little tiny bit of a heel with a black band over the top. 
Um, and she would wear snow boots at the time until they got little thingies in them, oh, which is what she called, you know, how they yes. ball up on the yes. middle. Yes. Oh. And she wouldn't not do that. And, um, so we would let her do that, but then they'd get kind of stinky in the summertime. Oh my gosh. Um, yes. But I had a mom report to the school, um, principal or counselor about her not having the correct shoes on for winter and she there's no way she would not wear gloves I mean no no mittens no gloves I tried mittens I figured the no none of that's that wasn't happening um so one of the parents reported mm -hmm. it to the school because they didn't she thought I she yeah they were concerned that you weren't taking care care of her her. yes did that trigger any sort of CPS uh no not this so the school one, the school, well, the school knew because gotcha. she was in the special ed at the time. There were other issues later on. Um, this, the school district was not helpful much after um, probably second or third grade. Then it started I, falling off. It was, of. yeah, and they kept trying to take her off the an EIP and put her on a 504 um, plan, which would have been okay if the behavior at home was the same. And I said, well, no, she's not. Well, she is learning to be better at school, but she still needs some of these services. So it was quite a fight was with that yeah. at the time it was. I can only there, imagine, because it's a fight even now, and there's very uh-huh. uh, specific laws and guidelines in, out there in terms of how schools are supposed to handle yes. these things, but yet it's still surprising how... I can only imagine what it was like having to deal with some I, of these. Some of the therapists that we work with were fabulous. Yeah. And um, her special ed preschool, Miss Jessie, she was, she also, she moved to federal way after oh, about two years. Well, it was okay. It was at the end of her time where she was going to have to go to kindergarten. So she was five, I think. Um, but, and she would have had to move on. But they were fabulous. It was the... It was the administration that was kind of an issue. Uh, it still is, I think. But I know. so, yeah. d- was did Dr. Ashby then officially diagnose her? Then is he that... did not really so because did... well, he wasn't sure. He told me at the time I can give her a diagnosis, but that would limit her. I do not want to limit her and let her think that she's. It's not possible for her to do other things. And oh. I said, because, well, this was when she was a little bit older, but we'd gone. So you just operated, just under, operated the under sensory processing, processing and um, maybe developmental delay. Yes, that. And I, I you know, I did she grabbed. get a diagnosis of pervasive developmental yes. disorder? Yes, not she otherwise did. specified. Mm-hmm. Yes. OK, yeah, that was exactly that so, was kind of the catch all then, I think it was the catch all. And so the and I, I, I can go into it just a little bit, but it's a little boring yeah. for some. But for some of so Isaac was assessed under the old system, um, even though so that would have been like Gosh, 14 was, years ago because oh, he was okay. he would be 16 now. So he was originally, if uh, he had no communication skills, yeah. and he had a plethora, an abundance of sensory issues that created those mm-hmm. obsessive, restrictive, repetitive yes. behaviors. But he was too little because he was identified at 15 months old that they couldn't really assess that social deficit. So yes. he received the diagnosis of pervasive developmental disorder because that was considered a developmental delay uh-huh. and it made him eligible for services. Yes. What exactly. happened um, in the olden days, and you probably should be very grateful to um, Dr. Ashby for not doing that because what happened was for us is that once Isaac was reevaluated, they felt like right before his second birthday, he met the full criteria for autism. Uh And once we received that autism diagnosis, then insurance companies would no longer cover any of his therapies because Mm -hmm. autism in and of itself was an excluded diagnosis and they did not have to legally extend insurance Mm -hmm. benefits for his interventions. Wow. Had he been diagnosed to be terminally ill with cancer, he would have oh, had yeah, benefits. Oh, yeah, definitely. But yeah. autism at that time was um, was an excluded benefit or uh, diagnosis, and so we had to pay everything out of pocket. So Dr. Ashby yes. did you a huge favor. He did. Although, you know, having the label of autism, I don't think is necessarily really in those years the obstacle. It, it was, was diagnosis. It was, yeah, yeah, it was that, you know, insurance. Uh-huh. You don't, yes, so then definitely, because he actually tried to get – me we had insurance we had good insurance and but he actually offered there was a behavior program at sacred heart at the time and i can't remember the name of it right now but um he said it would be really good for her to go in there and i went and i checked and she 
it, because we had insurance, they wouldn't take her. It was only for uninsured, um, uninsured or yeah, low income people. So yeah. she wasn't able to attend that. Um, but we did on our own. We got a behavior therapist, Jill um, Madsen Kelly, who oh, yeah. Sophia's still seen. And then she came to the house and we had to pay that out of pocket because that wasn't covered, covered by insurance. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, she gave me some tips. I still, you know, the little storyboard that you oh, guys yeah. gave us. She yeah. gave, I have a little storyboard that told her what would be going on because yeah. transitions were meltdown time. Yeah. Every time we had to do anything different yeah. um, or get in the car or on the bus. We had, I had a couple angel bus drivers that would, they actually, the school district actually changed the route for her so they would pick her up last because she would not sit with a seatbelt on. She would just go ballistic. And so Karen would hold her and Angela drove. So and they changed the bus. I mean, so they worked with me like that. Yeah. Um, that was that was a godsend. Yeah. Oh and that goodness. hour and a half or two hours she was at preschool was like, I can breathe. I know. For a it minute. Is it's constant. Yeah. Um, well, so then let's talk about busy. the resources because yeah. you figured out you had a friend that just because of what she did and yes. having just more insight than most. I looked. Um, I, she was the one that said, "Here's what I think yeah. you need to do," and that mm -hmm. was what kind of um, pushed you to then start well, getting I, I more answers. Well, I was kind of at the end of my rope because I couldn't. The radio, the pediatrician said, "Well, nothing's wrong with her," and I thought, "You." Well, and I don't, I don't mean wrong that way. I meant there, I don't know if he thought that behavior was normal and I was a bad mom and I might've listened to that if she hadn't been my fifth child. Yes. You know, I probably would have thought, okay, we're just going to have to spank her or yeah. whatever. Discipline my, her more. Discipline her. And I, I didn't spank her cause that would have been, actually I didn't spank many of my kids, but you know, just that kind of harsh and she would never sit in the corners. Oh, yeah, so that that was out of it. You yeah. know, you have to find yeah. the exact discipline that would fit for her. But the resources weren't there. I looked everywhere. They had a, um organization in Seattle at the time. And, you know, there was no way for us to get over there on a regular basis. Well, no. And so, uh, so nothing here. did you know any other families that had a kiddo that was on the The spectrum? only reason I found is because she also went... Let's see, when did she get, she got tested at the neural ed center. I think Dr. Ashby. No, I did not know anybody that had a child that was dealing with this. And this was before the this. days of internet it, researching. Yes, it was. And it was. All I had was phone calls and people knowing there was, that was the only networking there was. Well, you know, and I look, don't know about you, but I was even back in the day, I would have to go to the library and I would then do the searches in yeah. terms of just books at the library. Yes, which is probably, that. once I figured out this, then I... And a lot of, um, a little while back, the autism, I looked in the DSM and I thought, well, she doesn't really have speech delay. She does go to speech, but you know, it didn't seem clear cut enough to me. And I kind of let that go after we started finding out. Dr. Ashby sent her to the NeuroEd Center, which is that still downstairs? It is. Down, it's still okay. downtown. In fact, that was down there. We got connected with... Um, uh, Jill wasn't there. Yeah, maybe she was. Was there. Pat Sharp there at the time? That sounds familiar. Yeah, because so, uh, my kids have been down to Okay. Yeah, so Pat Sharp, she's, I think she's retired now, but yeah. she had been there for a long so time. So they tested her. I think she must, she, I would, see, I wish I would have looked at my papers, but I was shopping for a couch. Oh, no um, worries. This <laughs> is all just very Sorry. casual. This is very casual. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, and so we went, she, they put her in, she saw Jill actually mm -hmm. there, but I, she had seen Pat too. We saw several people. They had a play group and she went to that and, um, she went to her for years and then we, um, and then they moved to fam family center for development, I think is the name of their organization now. Um, but they tested her and they said, yes, yeah, she's got all of these issues and lots of gifts as far as, I mean, spatially, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. And, um, but she did struggle with s some things. And so after that, we kept, we just kept her in everything that we needed. We kept going to Dr. Ashby. How many hours a week do you think she was going and getting <sighs> services? Um, I drove her there, so I don't, 
Um, because Jill was so coming no, to the Skill home. Skill didn't. Bit. Jill was coming to the home, so that would have been every Wednesday. Um, and then we took her to St. Luke's, Luke's to get OT and PT, and then she would go to the play group up at um, the NeuroEd Center. So it was all kind of so um, maybe like five four hours or five a week, hours a week. week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that doesn't sound like much, but when you figure in four more kids, that, oh, that's a um, ton. Have are playing, you know, soccer and and baseball and um, all of those things, but it. And I basically did it on my own mm -hmm. um, without going into that. I did not get help from my we husband. Just were, prior to you coming yes. in today, we were talking about the podcast that we were talking about was um, autism and divorce. And yeah. one of the things that I actually say is a positive thing about the divorce is that once I got divorced, actually my ex-husband started becoming more involved. Um, and that was, you know... Um, in, in some capacity, I mean, he still defers, divers, or, yeah. um, defers to me when it comes to like, you know, IEP mm -hmm. and, and therapies and different things like that. But um, because now, you know, visitation and all how mm -hmm. that was going to be, he had to spend more time with the kids. And so then also, too, he started seeing more of the challenges, yeah. which is um, was kind of good because when, you know, you're I was running him around. And I will say, yeah. even too, is that now when I have to go on vacation or I have to go out of town to do training and I have to give him the schedule for just like how where all the yeah. kids have to be because we have, um, you know, many <laughs> other kids. kids, other yes. kids. When I give him the schedule and he's like, well, you don't honestly expect me to be able to like do all of this stuff. Actually, I do. Yes, because I, do, cause I um, do it. This is what I do. And. <laughs> Well, that's because you have a more flexible, like, you know, job. And it's like, um, no, it just also means that I go home and I work when the kids go to bed but, yeah. and mm -hmm. weekends and mm -hmm. different things like that. So. And I, I did. I was working part time, too, at the library and um, had not had my degree yet. But um, I still don't know that my ex admits. I mean, he said once or twice something about, oh, I know somebody that has a child that and we've had some situations where he obviously, sh I, it, yeah, I, I don't, um, I get along with him fine. And we, we do, they were older when we got divorced, so it wasn't quite as mm -hmm. difficult. Um, it, as a, I, d I don't know, because like I said, I honestly did most of it myself. Yeah. And so, I mean, almost all of it, I don't remember getting any relief mm -hmm. at all. Um, I would go shopping at night and you know, just de-stress yeah. then or whatever. It's sad that um, grocery shopping becomes your outlet because it's like, you stay I home, know, like, I'm going to go grocery totally shopping. Did. Seriously. Literally. I put up the bed, I go yeah. to the store. I know that's really weird therapy, but yeah. <laughs> it's just, it worked. Yeah. So whatever worked for me, that's what we did. Um, and we kept doing our same, um, we had started going to a retreat, well, a, a conference center in Cannon Beach every summer and we kept doing that even though it was hard for Sophie for a week to be there for a week and those changes um she loved it it was just the whole transition time um and trying to discipline her when we were there so mm -hmm. there were there's one she actually called 911 um <laughs> she couldn't go down to the beach because she I don't know what she had done. I don't remember. But I said, well, you can't go down with us right now. Well, you got you can go later, but you lost that privilege. And so um, my husband stayed in the room with her. And um, apparently she threw a giant fit. We're down at the beach. I didn't even know about this because they didn't have cell phones. Yeah. And so when we got back, <laughs> the policeman had come oh, no. because she said that she, she was old enough to say, my dad's abusing me. But... God sent a policeman whose daughter or um, daughter had a child, a little four-year-old with the same thing. And so he understood completely. And he was like, I see he no was, problem here. Exactly. <laughs> so I, cause I thought, oh my gosh, mm -hmm. that could be a really bad thing. Yeah. You know, and later on, um, Jill said, you know, Clara, she goes, it's just been amazing. You have kept going. The, she said, it, it may not seem important, but you guys have kept doing the same thing for the family, yeah. um, even though you've had to deal with this. A lot of families just shut down. Oh, yeah. And they, I mean, because it's 
it's tough. It's not easy going on vacation no. or something that should be fun. You have to prepare well, for things. And vacations yeah. are a lot of work oh. in optimum situations. Exactly. And then when you're and adding you in the fact that you have a lot yeah. of, um, you have kids on the mm -hmm. spectrum or with special needs that require real strict schedules uh -huh. that don't deal well with change, that food, uh, yeah, anything food that's different. Literally, I can, um, yeah. You know, it, it is. And I, we only took Isaac on one family vacation. It was to, um, Montana. We all, uh, families, yeah. group, families, group, uh, family members rented a big cabin there. Yeah. Fun. And the but amount of work that went yes. into planning for that to try I know. and, you know, like, cause they of course wanted to have share meals. Like, okay, you handle this day, this day, this day. And it's like, okay, so um, that's not going to work for <laughs> yeah. us. Like I'm just going to cook, um, you know, like, cause what they'll eat. What yeah, they'll eat. What and so yeah. you guys go ahead and do whatever you want. And then just all of the pushback, because again, in those days, not every family member. They is, would just say, well, you're just treating him special. You yeah. don't just do it like well, all the other get, kids. They'll get hungry enough. Yeah. They'll it, eat it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Actually, that's no. not really what's going to happen no. here. So. And they won't eat for, you know, five days. Well, <laughs> and the reality, too, is then if they're not eating, then more It's worse because they have the normal yep. Yep. Uh, and low blood sugar. and Exactly. And that was just it. At a certain point, you're just like, you know, it's just not even worth it. So I will tell you, there was a lot of amazing <laughs> things. Actually, that picture um, that's framed up there on yeah. the shelf that has, I'm holding Isaac, I'm wearing uh -huh. my sunglasses. That was a picture from that particular um, trip <laughs> um, because it was really one of the only ones that we took. And by and large, like everything, it went way better than I would have thought. Yeah. But yeah. It, you're absolutely right. It was but a lot you of work. just, it's just the whole thought of even packing everything up and packing. Well, and, and Sophie was especially was traumatic transitions were really traumatic for her they are for most kids but yeah just getting in her car to go somewhere um which is you know when you're going to baseball games and soccer games and whatever other stuff um yeah it was just uh, a lot. it i'm yeah, you don't take them to movies. You get a DVD. You know, yeah. I mean, you just do, you have to adapt. And that, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't know. Yeah. So did, do you feel like, since you didn't know any other families that had kiddos on the autism spectrum, did it affect any of your adult relationships? Because that's a podcast oh, topic that yeah. we're going to you just get be covering exhausted here. And they don't understand. Yeah. Even I've got friends that I've known for 30 years. And even though we got together and they prayed for me and they knew what was going on. They didn't know what was going on. I, because especially when you're in that position, I don't know about anybody else, but it was just so much to explain yeah. that it's overwhelming and you just don't want to say it more than once. Um, so we, I did get a friend when Sophie was in this play group. So I met one of, um, her friend's mom's, the little girl's name was Jasmine. And then I can't remember her mom's name right now. Um, we would sit in the play in the, uh, waiting room and have a little miniature, um, counseling session, you know, where we're like, oh my gosh, she does that too. Oh my goodness. You know, just that connection with her and not having to explain all of the little intricacies and the stress and the, and the details and everything you have to do for them all the time. Um, we just connected, you know, it was like, oh, I was, we were always happy to see each other yeah. <laughs> whenever. So that was probably the only person I had. And I, I don't know, gosh, it was really tough not to be able to talk to other people. And they didn't have groups on Facebook or, yeah. you know, I didn't have any of that because it didn't exist. And, um, that would have been such a help to be able to talk to somebody and say, oh, my goodness, you know what you did today? Yeah. And, well, you don't feel so like, isolated. Yeah, exactly. You do. You feel very isolated. And it just takes too much time to explain yep. what's I completely going agree. on. Aside is, from that book, because that I believe is uh -huh. one of the – is the my number one book. I can't yeah. tell you how many books uh -huh. I've gone through over the years in part because I had my copy. I highlighted it, read it like three different <laughs> yeah, times. I know. And then somebody – I'd encounter somebody else that was really struggling, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, here, I have to give you this book. So I would uh -huh. give them that book, and then I would realize, <laughs> oh, my gosh, one. <laughs> I have to go get another book because I need my book back. So I've I would go – and then all of a sudden I have to – I give it to another person, uh -huh. and it's just such a great book. I never get it back. Yeah. So I can't yeah. tell you how many copies of that 
particular oh, book yeah. that, in fact, actually, I needed it a couple of weeks ago because I was going to loan it to another mom. And then they're like, oh, Holly, I think you must have given that copy you away to somebody. So now I'm going to just buy a case of them because yeah. it really, truly is um, one of the best books ever. Uh-huh. And um, it was the first one I'd ever seen. Yes. That, I mean, this is funny, but I when I was in high school in San Diego, we had really cool classes. And one of them I took, we got to work with kids, um, special needs kids. And, and I ended up writing a paper about autism. And that was in the seventies in California. But I think the reason that it was on the radar is they had done some research in LA and I can't remember the lady's name that started and said they're, you know, tried to get it as a diagnosis and I can't, I do anyway, vaguely. And I, so I, I knew the name, but then I kept hearing Asperger's. Oh, yeah. she's not as bad as, as, uh, you know, bad as yeah, bad someone yeah. with, and I just thought, well, I don't know. And then later on it's evolved now. So it's a spectrum and well, that is so much better yes. because it explains and all of the different issues they don't have to have every single one Correct. on there i don't know about um, you but how what's your feeling about the rain man movie because i have to be honest with you is is that for a really long time it, that has been the only public perception of what autism is yeah and so yeah, then that's having real. to overcome what people's stereotypes are of autism like yes. that doesn't mean that every single kid with autism or person with autism is going to count toothpicks and tell you how many were left in the box yeah and they're not going to be able to go to casino and actually like be able to yeah. count cards for you you know yes. what i mean no and again when you're talking about these kiddos that have more yeah, functioning are, ability, mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, well, that's not autism. Well, and that it, looks nothing like Rain Man. Ex- well, and you can't see it, yes. so they don't think it's a disability. Correct. And I'm not saying disability in the bad. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's anything an that you have disorder. to work with. It's invisible. Yeah, and you know, so then when you're at the store and your child's having a meltdown, you know, and people are walking by looking at you, thinking, why don't you just swat them on the butt? Yes. Or, or well, if you were a good mom. You know, yes. you're getting all those looks instead yes. of one of my yeah. autism moms recently actually she said no because her <sighs> oldest one I think is I think he, Evan's twelve. She's on our podcast a fair yeah. amount, and one of the stories that she shared when you're talking about dirty looks in public, you know, she has oh, two boys gosh. with autism. One is significantly impacted, and then her yeah. other one is more high functioning. But she, you know, she had to go to Rite Aid to get prescriptions and some other grocery shopping, and it's close to her house, so mm-hmm. she does a lot of her shopping at Rite Aid, which is like works for her. And yeah. you know, there was a little bit of a behavior issue, and this older couple looks at her and and she and you know kind of gives her the side look, and she says, "Oh, you know, I'm sorry, my son has autism." So she looks at her. This woman looks at her husband and says, oh, that's autism. That's basically that you let them, like, do whatever they want. And she was just oh, like, what? Lovely. Yeah, so that's what autism, autism means. You just let them do whatever they want. Yeah. My yeah, ex-mother-in-law no. sent me a, my ex-husband, they had gone down to California to a wedding that I, he took the girls down and, and I couldn't go because I was working, but my mother-in-law went with him. And when we got back, um, my ex-husband was talking about, well, there were some really difficult times. And I'm like, yeah, she's 10. She was right in the middle of craziness. Yeah. yeah. And um, he, she sent me a, an article about how to work or how to discipline your children by John Roseman. Right. At, she, yeah. She sent a letter and a nice little article about what I should be doing with my, she had no, I never asked any questions about what we were doing with Sophie, what, was going on. I mean, we'd tell her, yeah. but she never asked. It was just that, you know, well, here's what you need to do. Yeah. And I thought, well, thank you very much, but you don't know a thing about what I'm doing. No, that's um, exactly it. So that was, yeah. So you don't expect that from your family who sees, but even my brother's like, I mean, he loved her, but he said, well, she just needs a spanking. I'm like, no, yeah. she doesn't. You can't, as it turns out, you like, can't spank the autism yeah, out of a child. Yeah. No, it doesn't work. Yeah. I've yeah. never tried it, but I'm pretty much guessing it would make it worse. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so looking back at the time that you spent raising your daughter, like mm-hmm. what are like the top things that you felt like made a, a significant impact? And I don't mean it has to necessarily be like therapy, yeah. but just something that stands out in your mind where it was just like that. I needed it that then in that moment um, in terms of just, you know, yeah. navigating and surviving. Well, this, the out of sync child book was <clears throat> the first thing that opened my eyes to, Oh, we got something different going on here. You mm-hmm. know, why is she spinning out there? Why, 
will she not wear clothes? Why will she, um, she did like the weighted blanket that one of the moms made at the Narrow Ed Center. Um, all of those unusual things that were happening, I, there was an answer for yes. it. Yeah. And when you're just thinking, okay, I'm a bad mom. I just can't deal with this child. Um, but knowing, no, no, it's not. It's yeah. something is going on and I'm going to keep looking for it until I find it. So that was the first one. And then I'd have to say um, when we went to see Samantha, I wish I could remember her, that, that counselor, um, she said, Clara, nothing's wrong with her. We're, this is what's going on. This is how you have to deal with it. I'll hook you up with um, some services. And uh, it was like, boing, you know, I can work. I can make this better for her. Yeah. We can start now and get her through this. Mm -hmm. um, and what were the biggest worries that you had for her, uh, like for okay. the future? I don't know if she's going to, you might have to edit this out. Um, she would not wear underwear. Yeah. The child would not wear underwear. Um, she does now, but, sure. <laughs> um, well, but I was worried she would wouldn't be, be able to function mm -hmm. in society. And um, Dr. Ashby, the funny, I think she was maybe five. And I said, Dr. Ashby, she doesn't. And he said, do you know what? Do you know how many cultures on the face of this earth there are that don't wear underwear? I mean, and he just put it out there like, so what? Yeah. What? That's not insurmountable. It's not. And it's not a problem right now. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was like, okay. Yeah. So, and of course that eventually happened. Um, and it, I'm not sure why, <laughs> um, it was a little frustrating trying to buy her clothes. I, I used to think I would, she was going to be naked her whole life, you know, <laughs> because it didn't matter what I, well, and then I started sewing her clothes because the only thing I could find that didn't have armpit things, yeah. AKA yeah, sleeves, yeah. um, cause she would not wear those. It just, just couldn't. Yeah. It was way more than just, I don't like my socks, you yeah. know, that never wear socks either. Um, but I thought, well, she can't live and function running around naked. You yeah. know, maybe we could find her a nudist colony. <laughs> I feel like that was like the occupational therapy that helped her to be able to tolerate it over time. We, it did, just, it did, yes. And when she matured. first, I remember the first time she could put her hands in the peas at the fair, in the in the little room where they have all the, the food, you know, there's a big giant tractor full of lentils and peas. Yes. And she could never touch anything like that. And one time she went over there and put her hand in there right at, I don't know, it was probably two years of, I can't remember what the brushing therapy. We did oh, the, brushing the brushing therapy. Yes. Oh my goodness. Brush, brush, brush. And guess what? Every 90 minutes. The other five, four kids liked it. Mom, oh mom, do that. That feels good, mom. And I was like, oh, great. We'll be here for hours. Yeah. You know, so Funny thing yeah. is, okay, so here's a little moment here. <laughs> I yeah. Have, yes. Um, I have the brushes, <laughs> the brushes in my in my drawer here at the office. And the funny thing is, is I found them the other day, and so I have one for Isaac, and I uh -huh. have one for Caleb because both of them had to have the brushing protocol. <laughs> yeah. And what's funny about it is, I found them the other day. Um, well, I shouldn't say the other day, but I was, you know, kind of moving some stuff around and decluttering some spaces, and I found some boxes that were Isaac's, and then some that were yeah. for the other kids. And I saw them, and I'm like. These bring back so much oh memories. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So I brought them to the office just because I don't know. I mean, I guess I think all things, you know, autism come here when they've like been decommissioned. <laughs> anyway, Caleb was going in the store the other day, and he saw him, and he says, Mom, I have memories of these. I'm like, what, what oh, are your yeah. memories? And he says, oh, you do this. And he showed me exactly how you do yes. it. And he says, I remember you used to do this on my body all the time when I was little. And he says, it feels so good. Will you do it again? And I was like, okay, you know what? We move beyond this, but I suppose – for old time's sake, yeah. I will do this for you. But I just thought that was so funny because you should oh, yeah. have seen the look on his face um, when he saw these. It's, um, I know. It was such a, and when they handed it to me, I thought, why, what is this supposed yes. to do? And then they explained it to me and I was like, okay, I can understand and the whole nerve thing. it's consistent when you're going yes. in the uh -huh. book, the out of uh -huh. sick child talks yes. about what a lot of this was. So then I, when they explained it to me too, I'm like, I'm supposed to do what? Yeah. And then when you read oh. the out of sick child, you're like, oh, now I understand why I'm yeah. doing this. Yeah. And then, it, yes. And then it. I literally had these suckers in my purse. <laughs> I, I carried them everywhere. Cause Caleb yeah. too, he was very resistant to uh -huh. clothes. Um, fortunately for us, he didn't walk around naked. He uh. ended up wearing <laughs> 
he wore a Spider-Man super suit for three years go. straight. Oh, yeah. Because um, he could tolerate that on his body, but yeah. nothing else. And then, of course, shoes have always been a nightmare for oh, us. Oh, goodness, yes. And then, yeah, so mm-hmm. when we would finally, we, it's like I always put, I would explain it in the sense it was like Cinderella when the glass She's slipper. Fitting the You're right fitting one. Fitting the yes. right one. This okay. is not a match. This is not a match. Because that was exactly his words. This is not a match. It's not a match. It's not a match. Because you way. put it on his foot, it's not a match. And then once you found one that he, oh, that's a match. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we got to put the other one on. Can we no, buy three pair of the same ones? Unfortunately, they grew out of them too fast right? to do that. Once I found a match, I was literally, how many different sizes Just, can I order yeah. of this shoe? Because otherwise it's discontinued. You can't yeah. find it. It's just really so yeah. I'm with you too so these saved our lives yeah they were I'm fabulous I'm happy to report that Caleb is still very picky with his shoes and uh-huh. his socks but we're still we're diversifying a bit yeah. so oh, we have good. a few more options but yeah, yeah they so, do yeah, I, I hear you. I well when they get older though then it becomes their problem I I mean I would shop with her and I would just be like I wonder how many hundreds of dollars I'm gonna spend she's not gonna wear it you know because she'd tell I'm me sure. she'd wear it in the store and then we'd get home and she was like I don't I don't like that, you know. Yep, as soon as it goes <laughs> on the butt. And here's what I do with Caleb with that same thing. It's like he puts it on, and he'll come to me, he says, Mom, I'm going to need a different shirt because it's got, like, you know, yeah. we'll have, like, a logo imprinted yeah. on the, the chest. The and then, the you know, because when they embroider, there's that little paper thing that uh-huh. then touches his skin. He's like, oh, I'm going to need a different yeah. shirt. I can't can't wear this shirt now I'm like okay so we're donating this one because I literally am not going to hold on to this shirt right and hope that you're going to wear it it because you're my my youngest boy so there's no holding on to anything yes um when you have the older kids you hold it down right because it matriculates but not (laughs) not with him it's just like oh and tags I mean he must oh yes we cut the tags out of everything we never knew what size anything that's my problem too is because it's like what size is this oh yes I don't know I love the new tagless system oh yeah on the, it's just ironed on, paint, uh-huh. it's, paint, it's ink or whatever yes. on the inside. I love that. So yes. any manufacturers out there, like I have my highest, most yes. respect for you because you're just printing it on my child's clothes. That is the smartest oh, thing Oh my Lord, do. yes. Yeah, clothing <laughs> is just my arch nemesis. Oh. Um, did you sh- ever worry about like... Um, you know, because one of the things, you know, I'm divorced. And so mm-hmm. when I got divorced, I was like, okay, so I'm single and I'm going to have to plan for retirement for me and for Caleb because I don't know how That's this kiddo exactly, is going to launch. Exactly. Um, I figured she would be with me forever. Yeah. You know, not, it would be me and Sophie. And um, and so I had just resigned myself to that. Um, and then she kind of started to bloom little later than so what when did you start blooming so what did, I, was it high um, school was it no, after high school no 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 she did not go she got she went to online high school no I homeschooled her um we tried we tried ninth grade um it she also has auditory issues mm-hmm. and so we figured that was came out in the sixth grade but um she can't it's she's overwhelmed with all the noise yes and that's my they life. didn't have yeah. any, didn't have the noise canceling headphones that would have been awesome because yeah. she's got a pair now she loves those we, you know whenever she gets overwhelmed I mean she knows what to do all of the counseling all of the therapy has she's got some skills we always joke about Napoleon Dynamite and the skills you know yes. she's got her skills and she knows she has um she has better skills than some normal quote unquote yeah. atypical or whatever they Typ- call yeah, neurotypical, neurotypical people yeah. you know she knows when she's getting overwhelmed yeah. so she will just go down and take a break in her room she'll do whatever if if it's too much she'll go well when she didn't live with us she'd go home whatever so she is aware of all the things and if it's getting too much but i don't know the what this is a silly thing but she did not have her driver's license yet i don't think she got that till she 18 um I would yeah I can't remember anyway she would so she was a teenager and um we got in the car one day and Dr. Ashby had been telling me you need to let her do things for herself it's going to be hard for you let her and also Jill her counselor and um I said okay because as moms we just, if you're any bit of a perfectionist, instead of letting your child make their bed where it's a disaster, but they made it, you know, you want to go remake it or whatever. I, I had to take my hands off because that 
she taught me so much tolerance and patience for that kind of thing. And so anyway, so I said, okay, Dr. Ashby, I'll do this. So she, it's, it was really hard for her to talk to people and, but she wanted a haircut and she knows our, um, um, hair stylist really close. I mean, we went to church with their like family. And I said, well, you need to, um, call, call, um, Amanda and make an appointment. And she, oh, oh, she got in the car and she just flipped her hair like, I need a haircut. And I said, oh, okay, call Amanda and set up an appointment. And she said, I can't do that. And I said, yes, you can. Mm -hmm. Text her or call her and set up an appointment. We'll figure out who could take you. Um, and she was, so she did it on her own. So it was then that she started. Realizing how much she could Realizing, do. yes. And she, she, it getting your driver's license was pretty tough. Um, what was tough about it? All of the senses that she has to deal with, all of the sound and the people and, and the anticipating drivers. anticipating other people's and, actions. And anticipating other people's actions is probably the biggest thing. Um, she drives pretty safely. She's um, safer than most people. I was worried about her doing that because I didn't think she could. But I, I didn't push her to do it. Mm -hmm. So she did it when she was ready. And okay. she So was it wasn't 16? It was like round oh, one like 18? 18. Okay. Yeah. And she so what did she better. do after high school? Um, not much. Um, I had her do things around the house and work with me and things like that. But mm -hmm. she didn't. But then there was a job opening at the library as a page. And so what they do is shelve books. They don't have to wait on people or anything okay. like that. And um, I told her about it, and she said, would you help me apply for it? And I said, yeah. And so she filled out her application, and I checked it, and she turned it in, um, and then she got an interview. And not Were you nervous about the interview? Because I have to be honest. I, I, was, I was nervous because I didn't want to be rejected and yeah. feel bad yeah. about it. And so, and I knew... Um, I knew my friend, but she didn't know that Sophie was mine. Oh, okay. So, um, so your friend was the one doing the interview? She was doing, yeah, she was the manager at Shadle at the time. And um, so Sophie went over and got interviewed, and I called Pat, and I said, well, that that's my daughter, Sophie. And she went, I love her. She's so smart. She did... And I, and I said, well, you know, is it, I'm going to tell her you said that. She goes, yeah, we're hiring. We want to hire her. And I said, so so she called Sophie back. They offered her the job, you know. And she, of course, was panicking the whole time about, can I do this? What, you know, mm -hmm. she's extremely smart. So I yeah. had no worries about that. Um, and she just, she started blooming then, you know, right. talking to people and, um, she has some friends. She has a friend that she knew in sixth grade that knew her really well. And she, um, that friend of her, she's still friends with, they'll be friends for her life because whenever Sophie couldn't do something, Heather invited her to spend the night, you know, and, and Sophie wasn't, couldn't do that. It just wasn't going to, she did go there, had to go get her, but it wasn't something she could handle mm -hmm. and um heather instead of getting mad at heather's been her friend she's forgiven anytime if sophie didn't want to go anywhere with her i mean sometimes she just was a loving giving friend and they have been friends and Sophie was in her wedding um nobody to look nobody would look at her now and know the struggle that she's had mm -hmm. um and sometimes like i told you earlier i even forget until something brings it up and yeah, and we have a little bit of oops I forgot I forgot about that yeah. <laughs> that was hard for you or mm -hmm. um but I yeah I thought she would be with me even in the last five years my son-in-law he's seen her change from so about 19 yeah um into what she is now I mean she's just bloomed I in this actually is really encouraging because one of the it, things that yeah. I have said repeatedly is I get really, I'm always, I'm very disappointed um, that there's not as much emphasis on yeah. um, 
uh, on interventions and helping yeah. uh, young adults and you know yeah. twenty year olds what do they do after be the they... best that mm-hmm. they can be? And mm-hmm. you know we really focus on early intervention, zero to three, and yeah, then three to five, and then five to thirteen, and then after thirteen, you know once puberty is over and done, it's like all of a sudden it's like we're just getting re- we're just kind of going to tra- get them ready to transition after high school. But what is yeah. after high school? Uh, and it's I don't not an interventions per se, or helping them to no. bloom and blossom into uh-huh. the people that they're going to be. Um, and that's one of my big frustrations is that that would be a really good thing to concentrate on. Absolutely. You know, give them the skills they need um, to function. I mean, just well, actually, you give them that when yeah. they're younger. Yeah. But then they actually have to practice and use them. Yes. And so we want them to keep keep going and being open to learning new things. And um, I, yeah, but I don't what know. What I see is that our kids just blossom later. Yeah. They, you know, yes. are emotionally are. mature much mm-hmm. later than their yeah. peers. And so then, so, you know, I, in my personal opinion, I feel like Caleb is socially and emotionally about three years behind his peers because he's, he's going to be turning 12 and, mm-hmm. you know, he still likes to play with his plushies and, you know, action figures. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, these are kids that are sixth grade going into yeah. seventh grade next year. That's not what they're doing. They're starting yeah. to get on Snapchat and TikTok yeah. and I'm so cool and let's go hang. And, and yeah. that's not Caleb. He's just, he no, still I... wants to play. Um, and so he's like three years behind, uh-huh. um, socially and emotionally. And so I just feel like when you think about that at 18, um, yeah. There's still more the mentality of a 15 year old, yeah. mm-hmm. and so you know our expectations wouldn't be the same no. for them. If well, we and I didn't push her. My whole well, it wouldn't have done any good to push her because when you pushed her, she would she would, would not down. have a good reaction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I learned not to push her and to let things happen naturally for her so yeah she guttered our was in 19 18 19 whatever yeah. it was um a lot later than my other kids I I didn't care I mean I was just like okay when she's ready to do it she will conquer it and she will do it because yeah. that's how she is um no matter what it is she will just do it yeah and so and I always joke with her that she always that she <laughs> Came, she was born being the boss of me, you know, yeah. and I was like, wait, you're not the boss of me. But she thought, I mean, they almost think that yeah. they are the boss of you, yeah, you know, yeah. and because they are so internal, you know, their whole lives, they live inside their heads. Yeah. Um, and not all of them to, you know, just to an extent. Um, and they, they just are a little slower to pick things up even and then the confidence too I think is slower Mm -hmm. in coming yeah because I just see this and all of my friends who've known her her whole life are like oh my gosh I was at a quilt camp and she came out to visit with and my friends that I've known 30 years and and they're like she is amazing she's beautiful she's you know and I I said I know (laughs) she is (laughs) and I have to say uh, my boss knows her from work and he said something this is something about parenting that I I'm not good at taking compliments and he knows my boss knows that and he teases me about it but he said you know you've done a really good job with her and I had it was all but you know what I said you know what I have thank you um because I'm She's done the most work, yeah. but I did too. Oh, you did And too. you know, you don't, I'm used to not, oh yeah, it's okay, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, it was work and I need to recognize that. Yeah. And we both worked be really hard. Yeah. Yes. Be, be proud of it. Yeah. yeah. Um. So that's, parents tend not to, they don't, they don't pat themselves on the back enough. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. Nobody does. Um. They should, yeah. you know. I agree. Um. Dr. Dobson says that we all, we take too much credit when our children fail and not enough when they succeed. You know, that's a and really good point. Isn't it? it is it's just point. a parent. Any yeah. parent does. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're like, oh, no, they did it. We're like, no, you really did help them. Yeah. That's so, a really good point. I'll have to yeah. remember that. Do you look back and have any resentments? Like, Because um, <laughs> it's funny that um, I always love connecting with parents that I call you guys. You guys were yeah. the, the parents that paved the way for us. Like, we have it so much easier thanks to you parents. Well, I'm glad because, um, no, I I was, I didn't really, <laughs> I probably dealt with all of my, oh, you know, I, I missed out on all this stuff. 
And then um, I'm bringing it all But then you it. come and train my, <laughs> train those people to do story time. No, I was like, we didn't have that. We didn't have, and you just were saying all the stuff I know because I had to learn it on my own. And you're I'm a natural thought, expert. I'm feeling and a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so I'm feeling a little bit like, wow. <laughs> um, they already, ha- they already know this. They have this available. And, um, so yeah, I was, I had to confront myself. They're going, what's wrong with you? Why are you feeling resentful? <laughs> and it's, it is, it, no, I'm so happy that there's so many resources available. And if someone, we've known people, my son-in-law has a, uh, somebody he worked with out at Deer Park that's daughter is on the spectrum. And, um, he said, do you mind if she talks to you? And I said, no, have her call me. Yes. Cause if I can help anybody or encourage anybody, you, you can do this yes. and you'll get through it. They'll, you'll find your own way. Not every way is going to be the way everybody else does it, but, um, you can do it. Well, and, and I think that's what's important. I think the biggest thing for me, and you know, I've yeah. talked about this in different podcasts, but um, my parenting experience with Isaac is totally different than my parenting experience with yeah. Caleb. Uh-huh. The biggest difference is, is that I had not, I had no um, support, and I yes. didn't have a tribe or a group of yeah. people that understood what I was going through. Uh-huh. I lost a lot of friends, and it was a lot of my doing because I recognized that I pulled away. Well, you isolate yourself yes, because you, you know it's just it's exhausting. It is and exhausting. You can't really and then you're right. You're just it. I don't want I don't even have the energy to uh-huh. explain why yeah. I'm upset or disappointed and then yeah. too I also really struggled with you know like look at all of the things that your kid can do and mine probably is never going to be able to do that yeah. and so it was really hard for me to be around yeah. my family my friends that have these beautiful children that are doing all these things that I wish you know I just mm-hmm. would have wished that I could have heard my her, heard my son like say yeah. mommy yeah one time you know yeah. what I mean and I'll never have had yeah. that yeah and so yeah. you know a lot of the relationships that I lost were again somewhat self-induced because it was very painful for me but mm-hmm. then I look at all of the support and the people that I have that I can you know commiserate with some yeah. days yeah. and then laugh about other things that are absolutely preposterous that uh-huh. other people would be like oh my yeah. gosh that is so horrifying <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. what I'm saying are you kidding me yeah like oh my gosh like I can't even relate to what you're talking about because <laughs> yes. that sounds so horrible and yet you're laughing yes uh, it's because like, humor is a really good way to Exactly. It's my coping strategy. Yes. Yes. I call, I say that laughter is the, yeah, it's the, it's the shock absorbers for life is what I say. But, um, but you're absolutely right. I, I have to say that, um, I cannot overstress the importance of just finding people that you can talk to. And I really have found that talking to family or parents that have older kids has really been helpful to me because then I get so worried because I can't, I can't envision the future. I can't Uh, see that. Yeah. I can't see Caleb driving a car. Mm -hmm. I can't um, see him. Like, to be honest with you, I just don't know how we're going to make it through junior high and high school. Yeah. Um, But then just you talking about the fact, Oh no, he homeschooled. Hey, you know what? That might be something that we're going to be able to, you know, we could sometimes it works. I mean, you can find what works. You know, there's, especially now, there are a lot of other options. Totally. Um, blended learning with computers and you can go to school for this or that or what is so, yeah, you, there's a lot of different options available. Absolutely. Um, Do, um, is there any advice that you would give to, like if you, um, my advice I always give is find people to connect with that will understand where you're at. I also, of course, my other piece of advice is find that book and read it. I think child is amazing. Uh Um, is there any, any other advice that you find that when you do connect with people, um, I would do what you connect with whoever you can. Um, Jasmine's mom was a God, I mean, we just spent the whole hour when they were in their group, you know, just talking about, so what are you going to do about this? Who's, you know, has she been able to spend the night with a friend? You know, does she have any friends? You know, that kind of thing. So you can, um, know that you're not alone in it. It's hard to be alone. Another piece of advice that you threw out earlier was, um, you know, like they're going to get to it on their own time. And you didn't yes, push yes. Don't to push. Because I feel like, um, as you said that, I was like, well, oh, I probably push Caleb way too much because I'm trying to keep him on the timeline that his peers are. And that means that I need to be preparing yeah. him for this. And I need to, you know, and what you were saying is that you never pushed her because it just no. ended up with the opposite. Oh, yeah. It was totally a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and no. Yeah. I wouldn't have done it. I learned that really soon. Yes. <laughs> so if you, yeah, start to prepare two hours ahead, you know, no use the storyboard. Mm-hmm. Um, 
as many tools that you can find. Use whatever work. And they're not all going to work for all of them. It depends because every kid's different. Yeah. And um, I always say at least you can check it off your mental list. Say, hey, yeah. I tried it. It didn't work. Other no. thing I always say is that you may end up coming back to things that you checked off earlier because it was like, nope, like that was different horrible. stage. Yeah. 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 Like uh-huh. we've done that where it's like that yeah. was a train wreck, but then all of a sudden now we're at a different developmental place. And I think to myself, oh, well, maybe we could try that again yeah. because yeah. maybe that would actually be more effective. It, it does, and it'll click with them when yeah. they're ready. It yeah. just, otherwise it's not going to work. Um, again, what you said is just find people that can help. I was, I mean, when you were in there, and then my son-in-law had talked to John um, on, done a pot, uh, his podcast, because he teaches EMT. Yes. And, um, and he told me about you, and then it was so funny, because then you were, doing that training like I don't know six months later or Mm -hmm. something and um there are a lot more resources than even I know about now I mean I would love to get hooked up with any group we can help I just feel like you know I've got all these skills or encouragement that I can help people who won't be crying in their pillow you know or they may but not as often um as I did because it it was just so overwhelming um to have to well it's 24 hours a day you know when they tell you you're going to be a parent you know 24 7 well really you usually get to sleep in there so there's a little bit of time off but in theory unless you have a kid that won't sleep yes with these kids it's not so much that you really are on and you have to be thinking all the time how how's this going to work? You know, how am I going to deal with this and how, and then with my other four kids, I know there's probably a little bit of resentment. Well, we couldn't do it because of Sophie, you know, and Sophie's actually talked to her sister about that a little bit about, um, and I was aware of that. So again, that's why we kept a lot of our routines that we did. And, and, course now you know there's no changing traditions you know once you do that with your kids you're you're set you know you have to do that the rest yes yeah there's no changing we're always doing this we're opening a present on christmas eve until you die and then they will do it to their family (laughs) so you gotta be careful about starting those traditions but it really does help kids to have those little things to hang on to um and all of the kids in the family. I mean, it's it's not just you and it and your child it has is on the spectrum. It's the whole family that is affected. And so, if you can keep it um, big picture about how how are we going to deal with everybody doing this? Yeah. Um, well, and that's part of they why get left do, out a lot. They so, do, yeah. which was why we do our sibling spotlight program. Yes, yes, and it is so beneficial for those kids. And I. I one of the biggest challenges that we have is that we have a wait list. As soon as we oh, start gee. the program, because oh, wow. we can have, uh-huh. in order to do it well and have, you know, because we have staff and, you know, um, facilitators, you know, it's a lot of resources. And so, you know, we can only have, you know, for supervision purposes, yeah. we can only have a certain number. Right. So we stop at 25 and, you know, then, you know, I mean, we already have, I think, six or eight kids on the wait list. Oh, and so we're okay. really focusing on doing another campaign so that we can double the program so we can do f- yeah. have 50 kids in the program. A year, good. which would be amazing, yeah. but you're absolutely right. There's a lot that goes no, on. No, and it. I'm getting ready to retire, so I'm I'm I feel like this is really a direction I want to volunteer oh, and yeah. you know fund whatever well, fundraising whatever you need. Cause, oh my gosh, um, that would be amazing. It, yeah, I just you know it's one of those things where you you can relate so much. Yeah, and yeah. The other thing too is I would absolutely love for you to come to Mom's Night too because. Yeah. You know, we just oh, had a new, it was so, actually, it would have been perfect. Um, so we had a new mom that came, and she brought her mother and her mother-in-law because she was afraid to come by herself, and so she brought her support. Yeah. And um, and it was fantastic, you know, because, you know, mother-in-law and mother were there, and and um, it was a good experience. We always have yeah. a welcome gift that we give to all of our new moms oh, um, that come to the mom's group that just get the diagnosis. And so we explained the things that were in the in the bag. And, um, again, I feel like having someone that a veteran, if you yeah, will, no, that yeah. can give us I, reassurance. I would have loved hands. being a veteran. Say, right? You're going to get through this. Yes, you know, and here's the thing. People yeah. sometimes look at me as a veteran. I'm like, just understand. Like yeah, you're still, still young. Just, I'm still living this still, people. Yeah. I mean, I just have the benefit of, yeah. uh, you know, just knowing a lot yeah. of veterans that have imparted uh-huh. lots of great wisdom to me. And I do feel like it's like two totally different parenting experiences when mm-hmm. I was parenting 
parenting Isaac and living through that versus now. Well, and that's, yeah, a gap. Because so, it's a gap, yeah. yeah. Lots, and it a was lot just, has it's changed. It's amazing how much has changed mm-hmm. in 16 years. Yeah. And so I just always have this, you know, different perspective. And then, of course, too, when Caleb was little, it's still different in terms of, you know, the families that yeah. are just now getting the diagnosis. Uh-huh. So um, there's still a lot that we're working through. But I just, I can't tell you that it. I absolutely love you know, hearing these stories from our yeah. veterans just saying, you know what? Hey, my daughter's got a job and yeah. she's blooming. She didn't bloom until she was like older, but yeah, but she bloomed mm-hmm. and here's all the things that she's doing. And you mentioned that, you know, yeah. she had her first boyfriend while yeah. they've now, you know, broke it off. It's still she, encouraging that she has is. had that experience. She learned a lot. And yeah. I, I mean, I know she, I don't know if she, yeah, she's learned a lot about yeah. what she wants, who she is, you know, confidence. that who, what kind of man she wants. And yeah. so, um, yeah, confidence. Although right now that's probably waning a little, you know, because yeah. after a breakup, it's hard, it's hard. but that's Everybody, normal too, normal. you know? And so that's what I told her. Well, it, it's normal. It's the yeah. same way for everybody. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. You just feel like, I don't want to, you know, the, the same old thing, but she's going through that and yeah. that's not pleasant, but we all go through that kind of stuff. Yes. It's and, normal. And she's learning something yes. from going through it. Yes. So then if, you know, uh-huh. hopefully she finds the man of her dreams the next go around. Yeah. But still, at least it's giving her information. And, and, yeah. And mm-hmm. what she More wants. skills. More skills. More <laughs> skills. All right. Well, we are going to definitely have you on for other okay. podcasts because I was explaining to I you some of the to. different topics that we had. Yeah. And you also mentioned that Sophie was open to doing she, some podcasts. Yes, she I would. I really feel like getting the perspective from a of self-advocate a, is yes. like amazing. Because yeah. again... I'm operating under the premise of like what I'm reading in books, yeah. what, you know, I'm seeing, yeah. what, you know, uh, I read and research and different trainings I go to. So then when you get the perspective of a self-advocate, it's like, oh, yeah. this is so amazing. Yeah. She really told me today, um, when are you going? I said, well, you don't have to go this time, but she would like to talk to you. And she said, okay, so. Perfect. And I feel like she should yeah. be on some of these podcasts that we're talking yeah. about on some of just these other topics. Yeah. Because. You know, we are oh, yeah. talking about it from the perspective as a parent. Yeah. Let's hear um, what. And, and I told her, I said, I'm not going to share your experience. I'll just tell them about mine. You yeah. know, what, yeah. what, and she was actually fine with it anyway, but. Yeah. Um, so that would be a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, so it would thank be. thank you for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. All right. Thank well, you for asking. We're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode okay. of Isis Autism Well. And that's it for now. If you want to be notified of our next podcast release, be sure to hit subscribe. And just remember, we're all in this together. So find your tribe and hold them tight.